Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. He said perhaps the Bible app. But if you're a citizen here, you know that during this time, phones go in the pockets, not the hands. Phones in pockets, not hands. Uh, All right, I want to know, what is the best gift you gave this year? Uh, Isabella. I do know your name. (laughs) Face cream? Beautiful. I could use some of that. Caleb, what's the best gift you gave? An electronic photo album to my mom. An electronic photo album to his mother. That's beautiful. It's actually my dad's, but I can still say it. Very good. Lily. I gave uh, my brother a blanket with a big thermos coat on it. Tucker? Ethan. Ethan. Oh. She gave her brother, Ethan, the, a blanket with his favorite car on it. Well, no. His, his personal vehicle. His true love. He is dating somebody. But it's his true love is his car. <laughs> it's all right. I married a guy who loves his guitars that have names, so I understand. Um, way in the back. I can't barely see you. You. Yes. An air compressor hose for a shop. Beautiful. You know what? Practical. It's good. Can I show you? Anybody else? One or two more, maybe? Yes, sir. Chainsaw? Wonderful. Practical gifts. These are great. I never know what to give my dad. Fun fact, where's Olivia? She won Christmas for giving my dad the best gift ever. My parents adopt people, by the way. That's what they do best. They adopt people who want parents. <laughs> and um, we've adopted Olivia. She's my sister now, officially. It's not. It's not legal. Um, can I show you, speaking of Olivia, can I show you the best gift that I gave this year? All right, you're not ready for this. I don't think you're ready for this. So, Olivia, raise your hand again. Olivia is my ex-roommate, but not my ex-friend. She's still a very good friend. Um, She has two loves in her life. One love is a tiny little furry creature with four legs named Moose. Not a moose, it's a dog. And Lord of the Rings. Well, Jesus is above both of those things, but (laughs) she loves Moose and Lord of the Rings. And so this is what I got her, are you ready? It is a portrait of Moose as a hobbit. Do you see this? Those of you who don't know Lord of the Rings are like, what is happening? It is a portrait of Moose as a hobbit. It's so hilarious. My favorite thing is his like little like underbite style. It's just so cute. How many of you would put a portrait of your dog on the wall? I know you'd put Charlie on the wall. He's so cute. Anyway, that's my favorite gift I gave this year. If you have a dog, uh, Crown and Paw will put your dog's face on anything. This is a free advertisement. I hope they give me money later. They won't. All right, guys, welcome to Citizens. 
Um, we've had a lot of like brand new people to this place lately. Um, and so we're going to take this, this night and we're going to talk about what does it mean to be citizens? What do we do here? You've already seen, we love community. We love connecting with one another. We love throwing candy at your faces. Hence the kisses at the door. Anybody get a kiss at the door? Chocolate, chocolate. It's beautiful. Um, we love singing the truths about God, right? There is something in our hearts that makes us want to like move to music. And so we sing the truths of God. And one thing that we value um, very highly is God's word. And so during this time, you're going to see people with their Bibles out, pens in their hands. They're going to see phones in the pockets. What else are we going to see? Like notes out. Yes, yes. Very, very well done. I was going to say very, very good. Is that? No, that is right. Okay. Grammar. Um, and we're going to dive in. But first, I have a question for you. I'm getting moose off the screen. Uh, do you know the meaning of your name? How many of you know the meaning of your name? Um, let me see. James, what's the meaning of your name? He doesn't know. He's lying. Nick. Nicholas? Wait, what? Say it louder. Victory of the people. Watch out for that one. Jordan is a river in Israel. I don't know your name. Say it loud. You. Yes. Brody. Brody. It's your face. I can't see. Brody, what's the meaning of your name? A ditch? <laughs> you are better than a ditch, Brody. Uh, Drew. Is it Andrew? It's just Drew. Okay. Wise and mature. You will be wise and mature. Micah. <laughs> Micah means one who's like God is a prophet. Oh, oh, dearest Leah, would you tell the room what your name means? So I had to ask my mom about this one. Shh. Leah Marie, and it basically means that cow from the sea of misery. <laughs> She's a cow from the sea of misery. You are much better than that. All right, last one, Miss Teresa, what does your name mean? To harvest. To harvest. Very interesting. All right, let me show you some names. Hold on, let me show you some names of people. All right, uh, I pulled the room because I wanted to figure out some people's names. Do we know who this is? Natalie. This is our good friend, Natalie. Um, you may remember Natalie when Natalie went head to head with Newbie. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, for Christmas, right? And Newbie was anti-music before Christmas and Natalie was for music for Christmas. Here's, here's what her name means. Are you ready? Born on Christmas. She was meant to love Christmas. It was beautiful. Were you actually born on Christmas, Natalie? She was born in June. Christmas in June. Uh, our good friend Justice here. He, was, he plays the drums sometimes. Puts, yeah. Uh, his name, where are you, Justice? Hello. <laughs> uh, his name means just and fair. You didn't know your face was going to be up here. But you have a good-looking face. You're doing okay. Uh, his relative, known as his brother, where are you? Keegan! Okay, Keegan's is secretly my favorite. Don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's descendant of the fiery one. It's Irish. If there's anything that like, feels like a kindred spirit to me, it's an angry, fiery Irish person. All right? So Keegan and I are meant to be friends. Uh, oh, our good friend Eden. 
Eden, are you here tonight? I didn't, don't feel like I've seen Eden. Um, her name is like the Garden of Eden, means paradise or delights, and she is a delight. It's very true. Uh, Gabrielle, who is not here today because she is indeed training for Chick-fil-A, the Vancouver Mall, which opens tomorrow. They also didn't pay me to say that, but hopefully they get some free nugs out of it. Um, Gabrielle is the female version of messenger of God. She likes to say sent by God, woman of God. That's what she likes to call herself. And she is indeed a woman of God. Uh, last but not least, noobs, newbie. <laughs> Garrett newbie. Uh, he told me his name means strength like a spear. So don't make Garrett angry. He will stab you with a spear. It's bad news. Um, he also told me that his dog's name is Evie. Is that correct? Evie, like the Pokemon? Yes. Yes. Her original name was Penny. It's now Evie. She's a beautiful little dog. Um, I, um, I remember the day that I learned what my name meant. Um, I was always proud of my last name because it's like very Huskisson, Vikingness. I have a new name. That's my new last name is Huna, and I have no idea what it means, and neither do they. But my grandfather's convinced we're Hawaiian. Or not. Um, uh, but I was at, was one day I was working, I used to work at the library, and I was working at the library and I was teaching a tech class to old people because they don't know how to use the computers. <laughs> and one of the gentlemen walked up to me and he says, Courtney, do you know what your name means? And I said, No, I don't. And he said, Short nose. <laughs> it's French, it's ne, which means cut off nose. So luckily, I do have a delightfully petite nose. It's not big, it's cute, it's small. Anyway, um, we, we like names. I don't know if you've, I'm in the age where like all of my friends are having babies. Um, and so naming the babies is a very important task. Like parents like strive over them. Um, I talked to Danae today. Um, what did she tell me? Orion's name is something about strength in my, I already forgot. I should have wrote it down. But they thought really hard about his name. Uh, why? Because names have meaning, right? You hope when you name a child that you're kind of giving them a little, hopefully a glimpse into their future. Those of you named Grace and Faith and all you beautiful names there. <laughs> like, are, we want them to be people of grace or faith or, or fiery one or a spear, right? <laughs> Want to be strong, all these things, because the names have a purpose. And believe it or not, we have a name. What's our name? Do you know that our name has a purpose? How many of you know where our name's from? Three people. Two people? Ooh. <laughs> Four people. Uh, citizens, we are citizens for a reason. We have a name. Um, and our identity is important. And the what we're going to talk about tonight is this identity. We're going to talk about why we're called citizens, but it's more than just why, are, why is this gathering of people called citizens? What's our identity? But it's what's our identity as a people? What's your identity? Tonight we're going to open God's word and we're going to see that we've been given an identity and a purpose and a name and a call. Are you ready to dive in? Here we go. Uh, open up your Bibles to Ephesians with me, please. We are jumping into the book of Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is a letter written by, who knows? Written by? Paul. 
Paul. Paul. Uh, it is probably not pronounced Paul. Um, Ephesians was a letter written by Paul. Paul was an apostle who spoke and preached and, yes, wrote God's word. And in this letter, he's talking to a group of people who are divided. He's talking to a group of people who are trying to decide within themselves, oh, you're in, you're out, you have that last name, so you're out, you have this nationality, so you're in, and they're divided. They're divided in this wall of like Jews and Gentiles, and they would say like, oh, you're good enough for God because you did this, and you are not good enough for God because you don't have that. And Paul steps in, and he is about to blow up their faces with an identity bomb. (laughs) He is going to say, guys, it does not matter who you are, where you come from, what your face looks like. We have an identity in Christ. And he spends the first half of the book saying, this is your identity. And he spends the second half of the book saying, here's what you do because of who you are. If you have nowhere yet to read in the Bible this year, um, one, we're going to give you a challenge next week. But two, I would encourage you to read through Ephesians because it is good. But we're going to jump in today. We're going to jump into chapter 2. Verse 19 through 22. Let's do this. He says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens from space, just kidding, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You know that moment when you're like watching a movie or like reading a book and they like say the title, you know? And you're like, oh, they just said the title. Does anybody else do that? This is me. I'm like, oh my God, they totally said the title. That's why it's called that. That's this moment for us. We're reading Ephesians and we go, fellow citizens? Oh, That's us. This is our name. This is who we are. We are citizens. And what we're going to learn today is that we are family. Look around. Look around at your brothers and sisters. Like, wow, my family just grew by so much. I'm an only child. You're not, you are not only children. You are not only children's anymore. (laughs) What? Um, This family might look similar to the one that you experience on the daily, um, but it's actually a lot bigger and a lot cooler and a lot more beautiful. Um, And it's going to be kind of awesome. So let's look at it. Let's dive in. We're going to go verse by verse. That's how we do it here. We let the word teach us. And so we're going to jump into it. First thing we're going to see is that Jesus is joining a family together. These are different Nations, these are different races. This is male and female. He is bringing a group of very different people, very different hobbies. Some of you super love sports. And when you speak sporty language, I have no idea what you're talking about. Gavin shared something about something about the Seahawks earlier in my office. And I was like, wow, that's super cool, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. But we can have different hobbies and a different life, but we come together as a family. So let's look at what that looks like. Verses, verse 19. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Quick little logic puzzle. If they are no longer strangers and aliens, then that means they once were strangers and aliens. Following? Following? 
They're like aliens from outer space. No. Stranger and aliens meaning we're like not a part of this country, a foreigner, an outsider, not a part of the group. They're not allowed to be in. They don't belong. Um, he's saying that they were, these people were once strangers and aliens apart from God. And that's us too. We were once to God like flying to a foreign country in COVID. Canada does not want us. Not even Canada wants us, okay? Like we, you could have the passports, you could have the tickets, you could have your tests taken, but the borders are closed. They are shut down. Uh, we cannot travel. Some of you had some legit vacation plans this year. How many of you got vacation plans canceled this year? Everybody in the room. I can't tell you how much I would have loved to go gone to Hawaii. Some of you still snuck in. I know your faces. (laughs) Um, There are flights canceled, requirements upon requirements. This is what it was like to be far from God. This is where we were before God found us. It's like we had caught the most contagious and deadly virus of all time. It's like we ate something known as the forbidden fruit in the garden, Adam and Eve. And it is so contagious that it has passed down from generation to generation to generation. And that virus is called sin. And that sin leads to death and it's incurable. And there is no vaccine. And we've been passing around for generations and we've seen the effects of it. We've seen whole civilizations crumble because of the arrogance of man. We've seen people fight against each other. We've entered this year and we said 2020 is over. And we stepped and we go, oop, new year same problems because sin is a problem. It is a virus that is sweeping through humankind. And Ephesians has told us about this a little bit earlier in the chapter. He says, well, there's your vacations going away. He says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Before Jesus, this is our state. We are dead. Dead things cannot bring themselves back to life. And part of me says, praise the Lord, because spiders need to go, okay? But for us, we were dead in our sins, and we cannot bring ourselves back to life. We were kicked out of the garden of life. Our sin, our virus was so gross that God was like, I can't have you enter life eternal with that because then that means sin, eternal. And the doors were closed, and we thought, there's no cure. There's no way back home. There's no way back to the garden of life. Luckily, chapter two, verse one, is not the end of the chapter. A few sentences down, some of the best words in all the scripture says this, but... God, being rich in mercy because of the great love, the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. He saw the sickness that we had put upon ourselves with no hope of a cure 
And he was rich in mercy and great love for you, for us, that he sent his son Jesus to embody humanity and to die. And he died in our place. He didn't have the virus, but he died so that we could join him in that death. And he also raised new life so we could join him in that life. And for those of us who call on the name of Jesus, we've been created new. We're a new creation, one that can push against, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the virus of sin. And one day, Jesus is gonna wipe it out completely as we are free from it. We were kicked out of the garden, the nearness of God, the life of God. We were once far off, but through Christ, God is bringing us near. We have been brought near. We've been made a people, but not only have we been brought near to God, but we, multiple plural, we have been brought near to God as a family. Jesus has created us into a family. Check out this language here. Back to Ephesians 19. He says, no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. There is a new identity here. And that first identity is that you are a citizen in Christ. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God. You are able to enter. It's like you have the right passport to enter the country. You can come in. You can do all the things. You have all the rights of a citizen in the kingdom of God. You've been brought back near to God. We have access to God. That which we lost so long ago in the garden. Nothing else is necessary. But we belong here and we can live and have all the rights of the children of God. But it's better than this. Because citizenship feels like um, a little like stiff. Like, welcome to America. Uh, it, you're here, you're a citizen. But it's more than citizenship, it's like family. It's like you belong here. You're members of the same household. When you live together, what, what? You become like super close, right? You become family. You become a part of the household of God. You, my friends, you, if you love and follow Jesus, you have fridge rights to God's fridge. You know what I'm talking about? Fridge rights? You know what fridge rights are. You just like walk into somebody's house and you know the people that you have the right to walk up to the fridge and grab the jug of milk. Like Do people drink milk anymore? I don't know if that's a thing. Like Milk's like super unpopular like right now. The oat milk, you can put the oat milk in your Nespresso and it'll be so good. Yes. You have the key to the house. You can enter the door. You can walk right up to the fridge of God's house. Of God's house. We've been made in this household together. Guys, this is so beautiful. You better believe God has the best snacks. He's got those chocolate-covered peanut butter things. What? I don't know. I just thought of things that that would be delicious together. Anyway. We can come to God with confidence. Guys, we can come to God works-free, mask-free. We have nothing, you have nothing to prove to God, and you have nothing to hide. There's no shame there's no report card you have to show God to prove that you are worth living in his house or belonging in his kingdom. Jesus bridged the gap between us and God and we can come without shame or fear into the household of God. 
Have you been brought back to life? Have you been brought near to God? Have you been made a member of his family? He says, so you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens of the saints and members of the household of God. And the question tonight is, are you a part of this family? Do you have the last name of Jesus Christ? Fun fact, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's a title. But do you have the name of Jesus on your heart? We're a family. Jesus has made us a family. But what is this family like? What does this family do? What is it made of? All of you have house rules. You guys do Christmas differently. One side of my family like opens presents all politely, like in turn. Well, the other side of my family does it the fun way where you're throwing paper at people and presents and it's super fun, right? You have different, it's not dangerous. You have different household rules. So what kind of household is this? What kind of family is this? We're going to see in the second half of our verse here that Jesus is the foundation of the family. So first, Jesus is joining a family together. And then we see that Jesus is the foundation of the family. Let's read the end of the text here. So we're built together, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone and whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together for a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Something is being built here. Something is being assembled. There's a household being built here. Um, Over the Christmas break, I suppose you could call it. Grownups don't get breaks. Um, I got a new hobby. I'm not a hobby person. I don't do things. I'm not like super creative. I don't like, I like making things, but I don't have the skill to do any making things, you know? Um, And so I developed a new hobby uh, over the last two weeks, and it's kind of awesome. Um, And I've been building things. She's on the right page. Um, For Christmas, my spouse and I got two Lego sets. Two Lego sets. They are pretty sick, okay? They were super exciting. Um, The first one was the one and only Razor Crest. My Mandalorian nerds, you understand. Everyone else is like, that's a spaceship. I don't understand. Um, No, Ahsoka does not come with the Razor Crest package, but... It's, she's part of another one. We have a full-on battle going up here. This is what my husband did when he's working at home. Uh, so we built the Razor Crest together. And guys, I have, I've built Legos before. And honestly, I enjoy Legos because I'm not a creative person. And Legos comes with instructions. Right? And so I'm not, I'm not like, ooh, if I do this and this is going to make an airplane. I'm like, ah, uh, but you open the book and the pieces, the book tells you where to put the pieces, right? But this stuff is insane. Have you ever built a big Lego set? I know Matt has because his office is filled with him. It had like six phases. Not six steps, my friends. Six phases. Like there are multiple phases to build the Legos. Hands up if you've made a Lego. Am I talking foreign? Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, uh, fun fact, Lego is the most powerful brand in the world. Did I hear that? Yes. I have like buckets and buckets of Legos. Yes. Okay, so they're like... There are phases of Legos. There are hundreds of steps. It comes with a book like this big. Um, But my favorite Lego that we built this Christmas season. I don't want to break him. 
his little ears move and his little mouth opens and closes. And he actually has a ball to hold, but I knocked it out of his hand. Yes. All right, so Legos, my friends, Legos. This is what we built. Um, I have learned a great life lesson from this Lego. Actually, I know this scripture deeper because I built this Lego. Let me explain to you why. Um, When you first, this Lego, this Lego had nine phases, okay? Nine phases, like uh, hundreds of steps, okay? So you have like the bags and stuff. So, you know, like the first phase, like, correlates with the first bag, right? So I open up the first bag and I'm like, I am so excited. There is like Yoda green Legos. I'm so excited to build it. And I open the first bag and I'm like, I don't recognize any of these pieces. What am I supposed to be doing with these pieces? You start following the steps and you're like, this looks nothing like a Yoda. Well, in the first steps, don't panic, okay? Don't panic. I'm just going to break his arm off. It's okay. I can put it back. I know how. And the first steps, do you guys see this in here? Wait, I need to see. I will pan slowly. Slowly panning. Inside is nothing. Is there a camera right there? Can you zoom in on it? Oh, yeah, technology. There's like a foundation in here, right? So you like build this like structure thing, and this is like the structure of the Lego. It's really boring at first because it's nothing but like pillars of things in here. But there's a foundation that's being built here, and there is a cornerstone in there. You're like, what? It's from the text. We'll get there. Right? So it starts the whole piece, and then you build this whole structure. And then, and then, and then, (laughs) this is very frustrating. You have to build these pieces. Okay, this is brown on brown on brown on brown on brown on brown. Okay, it's just nothing but brown for days. You just build brown and brown, and you layer brown. And it's like you're putting brown in random places. How many times can I say brown? I know. And I'm like, this is the most boring thing ever. I'm going cross-eyed looking at all this brown. Like, does that piece really have to go there? What happens if I mess that up? It's just so much brown. Guys, he came together, though. Once you put all of the pieces together, I don't know if I'm able to assemble this right now before it falls apart. I'll have to assemble him back up. Gasp! (laughs) The whole room gasped. I can fix it. Wait a minute, guys. I can fix it. I'm a Lego expert now. I've built two of these. There he is. He's beautiful. All right. So here's the thing. This Lego has a foundation, right? It has a starting block. It has a cornerstone. It has pieces that all fit together. And guys, if you get nothing from my story about Legos, get this. We, you and I, you and me, we are Legos. Okay. As we look at this passage in Ephesians, we are the Legos. We are this Lego structure together. We are together a tiny baby Yoda. We, this would be awesome. Uh, There is a foundation to our structure. There is uh, a structure in this structure, and there are pieces in the structure that we are built together. So let's look at the passage. Ephesians 20, 22. Oh, I have a nice little portrait of him, by the way. He's over there by the Christmas tree. Isn't he so cute? He's a Christmas tree. Anyway, moving on. He says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, and whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So the first thing that this family has or is, is it is founded on Jesus. It says Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. We have Jesus as the cornerstone. The cornerstone, and like when you're building buildings, 
construction, um, you start with a cornerstone, and it sets the, the size and the everything, the ratios and the direction and all that thing. It sets where you're going. And Legos, I don't know if they have an official name for a cornerstone, but I know what it is because I built it. It's just a thing in there, and you just start with it, and it's the starting block, so I'm going to call it. Well, there's, there's something that this is built on that informs the entire structure. And guys, Jesus is our cornerstone. There is something about this community that is different than any other community you're going to experience. There's something about God's church that is different than any other community you're going to experience. And other places you go, there, there's a commonality of hobbies or, or interests or positions on things. But in here, our focus is Jesus. And anybody can love Jesus. We talk about him a lot. We're like, these people talk about Jesus a lot. Yeah. We talk to Jesus a lot. We learn about Jesus. We point one another to Jesus. We, we love Jesus because he is our hope. Guys, Jesus is our hope and we have no idea what's coming next. Welcome to the present moment. <laughs> He is our life when it feels like the life has been drained out of us. He is our light when, when all we can see around us is darkness. And he is our salvation from sin, the sin within us when all we can do is wrong. He's our unity when all we feel is disunity and division and there's only one way that this family works. And it's not going to be built on like sick prizes and fun events and coffee. I don't know. What else is exciting? Apparently that's all I want in my life is coffee. Uh, it is going to be built on Jesus. That's the only way this is going to work is if it's built on Jesus. Guys, I have tried to do this without Jesus. I've tried to do this life without Jesus. And I know you have too. My personal preference is uh, achievement, high honors, gaining respect. I have a strong competitive streak. I just want to be better than you because I want to be better than you. Not for any reason other than I just want to be the best. I enjoy being the best. And guys, I have strived so hard in my life. I have worked hard, I have pushed, I have pushed, I have pushed. And even when I can grab the prize, even if I'm the best at this thing, even if I have the highest honors in this thing, even if I get the accolade of like, woo, I hold it and it crumbles in my hand like the cookie monster with a cookie. It just falls apart. It doesn't last. And these things that we live for. If they're not Jesus, they crumble in our hands. Guys, life is hard, for sure, for anyone. Life is hard, but there is no true life without Jesus. Life is no life at all without Jesus. He is our foundation. He is our cornerstone. So we are, are founded first on Christ. He's the center of all that we do, but we also have a structure of God's word. 
We are structured in and by God's word. He says, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. You see, God spoke to God's people through God's people. It's kind of awesome because God is like so big that if he like said things, we wouldn't understand because our brains are so tiny. So he spoke things to people and people spoke to people and now we understand each other. Crazy, right? So he spoke to the prophets and he gave them their word and the prophets spoke to the people and those prophets wrote things down and we call it the Old Testament. Wow, you're holding it in your hands. They spoke to us and then the tradition continued on and there were these guys, these apostles that walked with Jesus. They literally spoke to Jesus. They literally could touch him and see him and they learned from Jesus and they they. They embedded the teaching and they taught the teaching and they wrote it down too. And they wrote what we call the New Testament, right? So we have the prophets, the apostles, we have this foundation, this tradition of the word. And it is, you're like holding your Bible is not just like a medal of like Christianese, like I am Christian. It's not a medal. You're going to see students carrying their Bibles with them. You're going to see students writing in their Bibles, taking notes, marking them up. You're going to see students memorizing scripture. Like I follow some of you guys on like the Bible reading app and you guys are like on it. You're like reading scripture. You're in there. And why, why in the world would a group of teenagers in 2021 with all of the baloney that's happening in the world, why would we care about this ancient book? Why do we care about this book? Because we know that it's not just a book. We know that's how we get to know the Lord. It's how we learn about the life of Jesus who is our breath and who is our very life. We read it because in it we meet the God of life. We read it because it is a foundation that is strong and true. We know that everything in this world is going to fade and pass, but the word of God will never fail or fade. It is how we learn about who God is and how we are to be and interact with one another. I love God's word because I don't have to approach life like Legos without an instruction manual where I'm just handed a bunch of life Legos and I'm like, meh, I don't know what to do with these. He gives us all that we need for life and godliness. And so we care about this word. We speak it to one another. We read it to, another, to one another. And it's a truth that lasts way longer than any slogan you hear from a TikToker is better than sparking joy. It's truth that is eternal. So we are a structure that has a cornerstone of Christ. It has a structure, we're structured and built by the word of God. But you're in this picture. You're in this picture too. And we are the Legos. We are fitted together as a home. It says, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into the holy temple in the Lord. Okay, so these things are being joined together. It's like phase one and two of the Lego process. And then it's us. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Guys, there are two things in this passage that just blow my mind. One of them is that we are 
we are being built together, that we are the Lego pieces. Like you and I, we're the Lego pieces and we all look different and some of you are in L shape and some of you are not and some of you, like, I don't know, the weird triangle shape, but you all have your own purpose and you serve your own peace and if you weren't there, it wouldn't look right and we are all being built together and this has so many implications for our life, but one of them is that your purpose is not complete without the community of God. There is something about you that is meant to be in community. And not just like existing, but clicked in, a part of community. And this is a phase of life where like you are constantly asking the questions like, who am I? What do I even like? What am I even good at? People talk about gifts and skills. What are mine? Maybe some of you have taken some personality tests and you're like, who am I? Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? What has God called me to do? And however the Lord answers that question for you, it is for sure that a large portion of that has to do with how you are involved in the community of God because we are meant to be joined together. We're meant to be found in connection with people. We are built together. But here's what I think is the craziest piece about this whole passage. This one like throws, every time I read it, I'm just like, what? You and me, we. I wanted to change we into like a y'all and I was gonna go wall and it doesn't make any sense. We all? <laughs> Thanks, Robin. We, the Lego pieces, are being built together into a dwelling place for God. What are our Lego pieces building? We're building God's house. Like this is where God lives, like not here. God does not live in this auditorium. If you leave here, you didn't leave God, right? God lives here and not just in like my heart and like your heart, but like by here, like God lives here in the space between us. He lives in us, in our community. We together are building a home for God. This is, <laughs> this means how we interact with one another like shows the quality of God's house. Like how you interact with the person sitting next to you or the person across the room from you has everything to do with like what God's house is like. This means that your personal drama and gossip affects the whole house. When you are spilling tea, you are spilling hot, burning brown liquid all over God's house. I would never do that to your bedroom. I love tea and coffee and I would never spill coffee or tea all over your bedroom. And yet we do it when we spread gossip like a flame through our community. How do we manage our words? It's gross. It's rude. Don't put brown stains in God's carpet. This means how we welcome and treat one another impacts God's house. Sure, we could be a community that comes and hangs out with just our friends and we just see one another and we have like little pods of like clicks and stuff. Or we can be people who are welcoming, that we don't make circles, but student leaders, we make what? Horseshoes. We don't make circles, we make horseshoes. There's always room for somebody else, right? And we could be like literally laying out the welcome mat and like turning on the lights and like setting the vibe of the place. Like, are we a welcoming people where people want to come into this house or are we like ripping down the lights? Like every teenager right now has like the purple lights around their bedroom. 
literally, it's very strange. Fads are crazy. It's like walking into someone's house and like ripping down the purple lights in your bedroom. Like, will we do that with our cold shoulders and judgy stares and our clicky circles? Or will we open up with warmth and hospitality and grace and mercy? Are we taking the sledgehammer and throwing holes in God's walls with our words as we tear people down, as we roast one another, as we hit each other with sarcasm, as we embarrass one another in front of people? Are we blowing holes through God's walls or are we covering offenses, reconciling, painting the walls with kindness and hospitality, hanging humility and service up on the walls? How are we being God's house? What kind of house will we be for God? You're part of this. You get to choose how your Lego piece clicks into this house. Or rather, if you let the Lord click you in the right place. I'll tell you what kind of house that we've decided we want to be. And you can tell me if you want to be a part of this house. What kind of house is citizens? What kind of house will we be? We've already talked about it. But we are a people who prioritize biblical truth. We read it, we speak it, we memorize it, we share it, we point to it, it structures us. We are people who are centered on Christ. Christ is our cornerstone, Christ is our foundation. We've been given a gift, both in our skills and our money, and we contribute that for the service of one another. Whatever you have, give for the benefit of others and the glory of God. We pursue spirit-empowered holiness. Those words are very specifically chosen. We pursue them. We strive towards them knowing that we will fail without the spirit. This means that your life, if we truly are chasing after Jesus, will look different from the other teenagers around you. You'll put limits on your social media because you realize that God is your God and not social media. You will watch different things. You will speak differently. You'll treat each other with respect. You'll treat your bodies and other bodies with respect. You'll treat people of different, of opposite gender differently than you with respect and with kindness. The way God would have it, God honoring, we're going to look funky to other people because we have a different purpose. We're chasing after God. We embrace godly authority. There are adults in this room um, who love you. And most adults try to avoid teenagers, you know, like the street youths. We try to like avoid the street youths. These people love you. And they're here for you. And we also, by the way, are under authority, not only under God's authority, but we have people in our lives that are speaking truth to our lives. And so we're here to help you. We're here to counsel you. We're here to give you wisdom. We're here to pray for you. We're here to struggle with you. And we embrace that because we embrace wisdom. And lastly, this is not a house where we come in and get like super comfy, where you like just turn on the tea or like the hot chocolate and like turn on the fireplace and like cozy up with the fuzzy blankets, my favorite thing to do in the world. But we know that we need to leave the house and invite people into the house. We engage in gospel mission. We go and we tell other people how awesome God's house is and we bring people back in it. So I ask you again, are you a part of this family? And it's a two, two-sided question. One, are you part of God's family? Have you said, Jesus, I wanna follow you? Has he renewed your heart? Has he brought you alive? Has he brought you a part of this family? 
And then are you part of this family? Because when Jesus saves a person, there's no such thing as loner Christianity. He saves you into a people and we serve together. And so here's how we're gonna, here's how we're gonna close out. I have a gift to give you. Happy New Year. But first, I wanna share with you what this family is gonna be committing to this year in 2021. In 2021, this is what Citizens is gonna commit to. We're gonna commit to chase hard after Jesus. We're gonna dive into his word. We're gonna talk to him daily. We're gonna trust and follow him as our only source of life. We're gonna commit to pray for one another, to point each other to Jesus, to have hard conversations where we practice repentance and we practice forgiveness and we fight for reconciliation. We're gonna kill clickiness. We're gonna open our doors and our circles wide. We're gonna practice warmth and hospitality. We're gonna welcome people into this family because God welcomed us into this family. We're gonna passionately and bravely tell people about the hope that we have and we're gonna serve people with a smile and with humility. And we're gonna use what God has given us for the benefit of this family and for others. If you, want, if you say yes, like I want to be a part of that kind of a community, I have a fun gift. Do you see these? Citizen stickers. I already have one on my water bottle. <clears throat> Citizen stickers this year to mark the new year, 2021. Um, we're going to, as we respond, I want to really think through these things. Think through these these elements of what it means to be a part of God's family. And if you're someone here who is like literally like, man, I don't know if I've been renewed. I don't know if I've been made a part of God's family. I don't know if he's been brought, he's brought me to life. Come find myself, come find a Hillary, come find a Matt. One of, one of these grownups in the room would love to pray for you and talk with you. And we're gonna be a community of students and leaders who are learning to live and follow Jesus. So let me pray for you as the band comes up and uh, we'll end our night with some singing. Lord God, we thank you that you have in your great grace and love and mercy for us chosen to dwell with us. People who mess things up royally in your great grace, you have saved us from sin, from ourselves, You've made us into a family. You've made us new. You've brought us together. You've made it possible for us to live in harmony and unity. And then you dwell with us, God. What a gift. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is our cornerstone, that he is our life and breath. We thank you for the spirit that transforms our hearts. And God, that you dwell with us. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. God, I pray that we would together strive to be this kind of a people. A people that when the world looks in is astonished 
that we can live this way, that people with such differences can live in harmony, that people who come from different backgrounds can love each other unconditionally, that people can reconcile instead of writing each other off for good. God, would you make us into a people who represent the fruits of the spirit? Would you be at work in us? We know, Lord, that we can strive to it, but we will not accomplish it without your spirit. So Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us grace and humility towards one another. God, would you help us to see others truly and to love them well? And God, would you help us to chase hard after you this year? Lord, we love you. We want to love you more and trust you more. Would you help us? And would you help us to love each other well? Lord, it's in all, on all these things, Lord, we lift them to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.